Friday, Mike, in which you will not have uh, Denver Broncos on field somewhere action for the remainder of 2023. That's right. So you made it through the uh, the long desert of no Broncos football, or maybe after the multiple years of losing in a row, maybe the maybe it hasn't been that long. Well, it has been a long off season. They Longer than you finished like. as early as anybody. Uh, yes, absolutely. But uh, you know who knows? You were certainly had more than enough entertainment from the Abs and the Nuggets winning the True. title. I uh, seeing what some teams that have had success in the postseason looks like of late. So something the Broncos have not. But it, when we look at the Broncos, the quarterback position, obviously, uh, following the trade from Russell Wilson last year, is is exceedingly important for the turnaround. But little sneaky good change in the NFL rules for the way quarterbacks are handled on the roster that might benefit the Broncos, because obviously the Broncos, uh, we know about Jared Stidham signed to the the two-year deal and kind of an insurance policy as a potential bridge quarterback if things with Russell Wilson don't work out. But uh, the more darts you can throw, presumably, the better chance you have at hitting the target. One of the changes in the NFL, and there's always a couple changes every single year, but one of the changes that occurred in uh, the way last year, if you remember, you could have a quarterback on the practice squad, and that quarterback could not be plucked. You could basically protect the quarterback on the practice squad. They couldn't immediately be picked. That goes away now. You can't have a quarterback. Practice squad's a practice squad. If you're on it, you're on it. Another team can promote you to the 53, and they take you away. However, the NFL's new bylaw this year means that that third emergency quarterback can be on it can be basically in uniform and on field, and they don't count against the 46 if they're designated as the emergency quarterback. They don't count against the game day 46, but they have to be on your 53 man roster. So now all of a sudden, presumably, most teams will carry three quarterbacks, right? Knowing that the third quarterback you will simply designate as the emergency, and they don't have to be on their 46, but it simplifies the rules for the practice squad. To me, this is actually. I think it does. This is it's a really. I think this is a really much good, much easier to understand. Yeah, to my mind, this is a very simple and effective way of doing issue. You guarantee a quarterback a a spot on the roster, and what that in, entails when it talks you know, money, invested time, and all that, and uh, doesn't necessarily hamstring you from the 46. You don't have to have three quarterbacks. On your 46 game, your roster, of course, you could also just say 47. Yeah. But nevertheless, yeah. this is the way they, they went. Well, you say 47 has to be. Has to be a quarterback, yeah. but that's quarterback. kind of what they're doing. Right. The 46 game, uh, game day roster doesn't change, but your third quarterback doesn't count on it right. as long as they're considered that's an emergency quarterback. Eminently sensible. So most teams, I think that incentivizes them to, to carry three quarterbacks. If you are, say, the San Francisco 49ers, you're really excited because all of a sudden they're looking at Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, uh, both with injury statuses, Sam Darnold, who they decided right, to bring right. on. Well, they can now I just think keep Sam Darnold three. actually would be that guy, most likely, at the start of the season for San Francisco. And they can keep all three and just designate right. one of them keep as emergency three. and not That's worry right. about it. Absolutely. But for the Broncos, who have obviously Stidham is, is, the, back, uh, is the backup, they added uh, Ben DiNucci. As a potential third, they added Jaron Guantano as a potential third. Uh, one of these guys they can keep, or you can now all of a sudden, if you're the Broncos, you you can shop around a little bit because prior to prior to this, the idea was who could we kind of tuck on the practice squad that uh, we know isn't going right. to be that impactful. But now all of a sudden, you might be able to look at a at a veteran, at someone who you believe could be useful. That you could take off somebody else's practice, squad. right? And so I think for the Broncos, for teams that aren't 
great at the quarterback position for various reasons. Uh, the Niners, in their reason, because of injuries. The Broncos, because they don't quite know what they're dealing with necessarily. This is a a, a bit of a boon for them. It's not a game changer by any oh, stretch no. of the imagination, no. but, it, but it certainly does help. And I think it plays into perhaps, uh, from what I've seen anyway, the most obvious strength that George Payton brings to the table as general manager, and that's one of organization and being able to act quickly in an emergency situation. Now, they may find a third quarterback worth keeping on the 53-man who's perfectly suitable to dress on Sundays in case of emergency. That may very well be, and that may be better than any option they could ever find on somebody else's uh, practice squad. But I, I, I do trust the Broncos in that respect. Uh, we all remember what happened when the three quarterbacks couldn't play during the pandemic mm-hmm. and the Broncos were forced to play Kendall Hinton at quarterback, although they opened the game in a wildcat formation. Technically. And Phil Lindsay. Lindsay was actually he took the, first the wildcat quarterback taking the initial snap yeah, of the game. Technically. In a wildcat formation. But you look at some of the quarterbacks that are gone, but not entirely forgotten. Mike Pliss spoke to him uh, this right. week, and uh, I don't know that his assessment of the Broncos bears any great relevance, but uh, he remains, I think, for some people, a local favorite. And speaking of emergencies, if they ran into one, as far as I know, and I take it as far as you know, He's still available. He is still available, and uh, obviously there are a lot of running backs that aren't available. <laughs> you, we talked about it prior to the show. Uh, Melvin Gordon is not available. Uh, he is not, and and this is a move I think surprises me, not, not because Melvin Gordon got picked up so much, but where were the Ravens a couple of years ago when they had massive number of injuries right. at the running back position? And didn't go after Melvin Gordon at that time, but they signed Melvin Gordon to a one-year $3.1 million contract, basically a prove-it uh, contract. And he's a depth player running back uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, who uh, apparently have designs on breaking from their unconventional approach to offensive football and becoming more of a uh, modern-day conventional offensive team with spread formations, and a lot more throwing from Lamar Jackson, mainly because they're paying Lamar Jackson a hell of a lot of money. And you don't, want him, and you don't want him out there and running throwing and hurt. the ball remains the central feature of a good quarterback's game. And you can have quarterbacks who run around and are both end types who can both throw out of the pocket and maneuver and buy themselves some time, you know, like Russell Wilson kind of sort of used to be. Let's remember in the last two seasons at, at Louisville, where he where Lamar Jackson played, he had 57 touchdowns to 19 interceptions. It's not as if uh, he's not capable of, of passing the football. Uh, is he going to be 
Patrick Mahomes? Is he going to be Joe Burrow? No, but but he's he's not Tim Tebow well, either. He was the MVP of the NFL in 2019, playing the unconventional way. Mm-hmm. And the the question now would be: Four years later, is he capable? Not necessarily being the MVP again, but being an elite quarterback. And we can debate whether elite means top five or top ten, but. The Ravens have made a mistake if he's not one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. They've made a mistake in signing him to the kind of deal they signed him to. They've made an error in judgment. Um, For not having an agent on first blush, I think Lamar Jackson did a hell of a job for himself, and that surprised me because I just think you need an agent now, Uh, hopefully a good agent. But honestly, don't you think they've weeded out the bad ones? In any case, Lamar Jackson appeared to have done as good a job as his own representative. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he would have gotten anything better. As any agent. agent could have done for him. He gets to keep 15 to 20% of it. That that works out pretty well. So good good for him. I mean, it's, it's different in the in the NFL. I agree most of the time you need to negotiate. Quarterbacks, I guess you have a different amount of leverage. Uh, they, well, they, he certainly felt that They've solved way. a lot of that in the NBA, at least if you're a top player, because you have maximum mm-hmm. super max deals. Uh, I could ne- negotiate Nikola Jokic's right. deal. Uh, what's the maximum you're allowed to pay him? This? Uh, that's what we want. Yeah. Okay. You know, not exactly rocket science uh, What's anymore. he set to make next year? 46, 46 and a half? I mean, you could pay him 96 and a half, and he wouldn't be overpaid. Jokic? No. You could pay him more than twice what he's making. Next year, well, that's one and of the you wouldn't be overpaid. Even if you talk about it, and the NBA has been like that for a while, because when you take a look at, let's say, even a guy like LeBron James, who has an immense contract, at the same time, uh, what does LeBron James bring when it comes to ticket sales, merchandising sales, everything? He's worth far more uh, than what they pay for him. And in the Jokic cases, that's the case, too. Uh, $47.6 million, as you pointed out, uh, next year. That will go all the way to $59 million in the 26-27 season. He has a player option for 62.8 <laughs> in the 27-28 season. And I think even Nikola Jokic won't turn that down. He will turn that down, yeah. I, I think yeah, if he still wants to play. Now, we're, we're looking far into the future. That's right. five years away. That's a lot to turn And down. I'm not sure he's going to play many more years than five. No. I think he'll complete this contract. I think he'll complete the contract. But I'm not sure there will be another contract. I am not convinced there will be either, especially when you figure that, what's no, remaining depends on, on it. on the competitive fate of the Nuggets. Correct. In the next. Correct. Five years, but over the next two years, he makes another hundred million. The it, it jumps basically to hundred and fifteen million in the next two years after that. And then sixty-three. You know, uh, it's a quarter billion dollars on the table almost over the next five years. Eh, I I think you might finish that, but um, after that, who knows? But the NFL doesn't have that sort of situation at all, and that's why it's interesting to see uh, Gordon get a job while a guy like Philip Lindsay, who would presumably get less than that even a more or less like a slightly better than league minimum deal doesn't have a job. I, and, but I, you I honestly have a, don't mean to be at cruel. At the bottom levels, you, uh, Philip Lindsay doesn't have a job. <laughs> at the highest levels, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel, they don't have jobs. The running back no. position if, is a if, mess. If, if Dalvin Cook doesn't have a job, if Ezekiel Elliott doesn't have a job, Leonard Fournette doesn't have a job, Kareem Hunt doesn't have a job. Yeah. Kareem Hunt was a rushing champion. Mm-hmm. 
Josh Jacobs was last year's rushing he's champion, the rushing, and the he hasn't signed champion. the franchise tag, so he's not going to training camp, and they can't find him during the training camp period. They anyway. can't find him unless Same he misses a game. Same thing Barkley. And, you know, you, you, you're listening to these people, and if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm thinking about how many draft picks and even existing players would it take to trade for Saquon Barkley. Mm. You talk about loading up. For, and for the thing a, with Barkley a, a is that, that he throws can dump catch off the, the running ball. backs. Right. He can catch Ooh. the ball as well as any running back the Chiefs have had since Patrick Mahomes got there at the very least. Yeah, certainly. And, and, and through a much higher percentage of running backs than most quarterbacks in the league already, despite the fact, certainly not having a Saquon Barkley. How, how, how'd you granted, like, Isaiah Pacheco did a heck of a How'd you like that kind of deal oh, good. if you're following and presumably as a fan pulling for the Broncos around here, if the Chiefs got Saquon Barkley? Probably wouldn't like it. Although I don't really not know if it, it. Make, I don't know if it matters all that it much. Would not, it, <laughs> would not, uh, it would not augur well for Denver's chances to break that 15-game losing streak to the Kansas City uh, Chiefs. No. That's for sure. That is that would absolutely be the case, and uh, when you're talking about cap space, of course, that that's where you run into some of the issues because the Chiefs have the fewest amount of dollars available left in the league. Yeah, in fact, yeah. it stands today, seventy-one million dollars. But they're going to you, you trade you trade something away, and maybe that's something right. works. Right. Seems like if you want to get under the cap in the NFL, there you can. There are ways. To, there are ways to do it. Uh, the Broncos have about nine million left. That ranks twenty-fifth. Uh, most in the league, or if you want to put it the other way, seventh fewest in the league, uh, at least in the league when it comes to the free agent dollars available. But uh, when you, you look you, at that, you hear the story spot. the other day quickly about running back. Yeah, that they, they, they've got a text chain going. All the running backs that don't have jobs yet. Well, basically, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think, I mean, Barkley and Jacobs technically have jobs, but they're just not signed. How about a running backs union? I mean, they just already have own. a union, <laughs> yeah. but but just a union of, of running backs. And, and, and I don't know. They they were kind of tossing that around. Yeah, and I'm sure they do have a text chain. Can because players they, collude or is it just interests, No, players can't collude. Right, that's what I thought. Uh, so, so you can kind of do it. They can communicate. You can have sort of a Among themselves. One. Certainly. You can all agree that Certainly. nobody's going to take less than this, so uh, it doesn't right. stick everybody right. else. Right. But it's just amazing to me. And uh you know, I was thinking about this the other day, and I can't remember whether I said anything about it or not. Jim Brown probably couldn't make $20 million a year today. Because well, they'd say, well, he, no, he doesn't carries. catch the ball. Yep. Coming out of the backfield, he doesn't block. They'd split and he doesn't, doesn't catch the ball right. a lot. Mm-hmm. No? Because they didn't throw didn't to throw Jim Brown. You gave the Presumably ball to Jim Brown and let him do the work. Also literally one of the best lacrosse players in history. I presume well, he could probably catch the football if they'd asked him, but... Yes. Well, yeah, but I, I, I think certainly in the blocking area, see, that's where he and Paul Brown clashed, among other areas. Respect, why would Jim Brown ever block? But <laughs> who's he but, blocking for? But I'll Paul just Brown tell people, we're thought, handing it to Jim Brown. I mean, okay. Paul Brown believed. Let him know. <laughs> Paul Brown believed, and Mary Motley did everything. Uh, yeah. Why couldn't Jim Brown? Sure. And you know, Mary Motley's Hall of Famer, yeah, too, yes. and Absolutely. built very much like Jim Brown but did other things beyond carrying the ball. Uh, Jim Brown is the greatest football player I've ever seen, ever will see. Uh, I, I imagine in today's game, uh, it, 
listen, he'd be like any of the all-time greats. He could play in any era, but would he get paid in any era? And this era in which, as you have pointed out this week, the average place kicker makes more than the average running back. To be fair, there are only 32 kickers, and that's going to be starters and other. Well, with all the one-back stuff, there aren't more than many more than 32 NFL stars. When you look at the guys that, uh, let's just say at the moment, don't have have contracts. Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, none of those guys Now, Brandon McManus got picked up, right? Yeah. Isn't that a man? Now, and Brandon McManus is a, a, well, yeah, but he comes as cheap as they I can know, come. but still. And that's one year. You you think Saquon Barkley is settling no, for one not. year? He's he is, that's why he hasn't signed that. the franchise tag. Yeah, he'd and he'd make it more than three times what Melvin Gordon makes right. signing the franchise tag. Yeah, he didn't want any part of that. He that. figures he should be making, you know, seven times. Melvin Gordon makes probably should six seven times what just the way it works yeah Brandon McManus by the way uh signed by uh well playoff team defending division champion Jacksonville Jaguars so uh obviously not a bad good there not a bad spot there good there but yeah when when you took at the uh when you look at those those running back roles I mean yeah it's uh they have become at least two teams uh fungible that they just have and uh, I think when you take a look at the at the way the yeah. league views them, that's obviously the case. The quarterback most certainly is not. Uh, but when you're looking at, at running backs now, that there is an argument to be made that there's an analytical you, you, argument and, to be. And made. here's the analytical that's, argument. That's, that's, that's in, the in analytical a nutshell. Argument. Here it is: that you don't pay you draft running your, backs big money. You draft your running back. You, if you draft a star running back, you draft a star running back. You sign them to one big deal after the, uh, after their rookie contract and then move on and no, move on it, move it, on in you your, on that, your on your first you, window of right. being able to move even on you uh, in, in Josh Jacobs case his his name got to the second contract yet Christian right. McCaffrey in average annual value leads the league at 16 million uh, obviously part of the reason that was there and even involving uh, the trade is because that's considered a pretty big number. Now you're talking about Sandy in the entire league. There are only, and, and this would count uh, Barkley and Jacobs in the franchise tech. Also, by the way, we're going to talk about Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard right. as well. True. So, Paul, Although didn't he sign Pollard? Didn't Jacobs? he sign the franchise tag though? I thought he, he did. did. Yeah. He signed, he signed it because of course the, the, the other two didn't. Barkley didn't, and Jacobs. But uh, there are there are exactly eight players that whose contracts would be on the books. And at the moment, uh, because of the franchise tag, Barkley and Jacobs, even though it's not signed, it, their teams have to include it on the books as if they are going to be there. You have McCaffrey at sixteen million, Alvin Kamara at an even fifteen, Derrick Henry at twelve and a half, Nick Chubb at twelve point two, Aaron Jones of the Packers at an even twelve. And then, with the exact same salary, obviously, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, $10.09 million. Those are the only players. And then the jump is down to James Conner of Arizona, who makes seven. Right. Do you think there is a chance that Barkley or Jacobs or someone else someday at the running back position will actually sit out a season well, Le'Veon to make Bell a did point? It. Le'Veon Bell did it. And it killed his career. It did. 
I, I'm, I'm talking about a guy do, really doing that. I, I think Saquon, Bar- I think I Saquon Barkley. Le'Veon could, I think Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley could pull it off. I think he and might still be. And really I think good. he might do it. Yeah. I actually think he may. Uh, his his. If you had a chance to hear him, we can't play it. Uh, not FCC uh, accessible here, but but uh, Saquon Barkley made it very clear he does have leverage that he has chosen not to use, and one of them is exactly that. We'll see. But for the Broncos. Now that you can have that third quarterback on your roster, is it worth discussing the possibility of bringing in somebody, whether for injury risk or for the fact that you might not want to, you might want more other options available uh, on the cheap to be able to be there for the Broncos? There are a couple names that are interesting. I'll tell you about them next on Miley Sports. Your 53-man roster, they don't count against the 46-man game day roster. So, presumably every team is going to carry three. You should carry three in that case. That You know, we don't lose anybody on the practice squad. But the Broncos, uh, third and fourth quarterbacks right now, Ben DiNucci and, and Jared Guan, uh, Guarantano, uh, both XFLers, uh, are, with all due respect, practice squad guys. Now, there are a couple quarterbacks that have played, that played in the league last year, that don't have jobs. I know I'm not including Tom Brady and Matt Ryan because they retired. Matt Ryan actually does have a job. He's going to be in the booth now. But there are a couple. Let me throw them in front. Uh, from, I would say least likely to potential for you, Sandy. If, if, if you were George Payton, would you make a call? Knowing you have about $9 million on the cap, you don't want to spend it all on your third-string quarterback by any stretch, but if you had some experience. Uh, the one I feel I safely can say you're not going to go for is Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably the case. No. Um, I, Didn't also, go for him four years ago. Wouldn't yeah. Go for him now. Uh, Carson Wentz. It's a little intriguing. Um, I mean, it'd have to be but like. He's, he's had so many he's shots. He's only 30. Lots of injuries, but. Yeah. Lots of. I, I don't know. I guess. Sure. You could do worse with an emergency quarterback. How about the guy that, well, replaced him and won the Super Bowl, Nick Foles? No, still sitting out there. No interest. Okay, uh, Nick Foles four years old. Wentz, there, of course. Wentz would. I have to admit, at thirty, at thirty years old, would be if you somebody got something at thirty. Low, if he were thirty-five or older, I'd say no. You could kick um, the can. I, yeah. I, 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 I could, I could make the phone calls. Um, I don't know what on earth happened to him, because uh, I was like just about everybody else during that one year in Philadelphia, seventeen, when the, you know, in December, early December, it he wasn't alone, but he was among. The MVP candidates. Sure. And, and then right, he gets hurt. Rightly so. Foles comes in, isn't very good at the beginning, but once the playoffs come around, all of a sudden Foles is playing well, and they go on and win the Super Bowl with Foles. And I I guess I, I liken that a little bit to the Giants situation when they lost Sims and played Hostetler and won a Super Bowl over Buffalo doing that following the 1990 season. I think that was Super Bowl 25. I'm not mistaken. Remember down in Tampa during the Gulf War? Mm-hmm. With all the security measures right. and so on. And a hell of a Super Bowl game. Some people still think that was the best Super Bowl game of all. It came down to Scott Norwood missing a 47-yard field goal wide right at the end of the game. Well, Bill Parcells left after that year citing health issues uh, which were real. Two years later, Parcells was back in the sideline. Anyway, Ray Handley took over, and Ray Handley took over and said, it's a new era. I'm saying with Hostetler, younger quarterback, more mobile, and I'm benching Sims. Now, 
he didn't last long and was replaced, Ray Handley was, by Dan Reeves, who reinstated Phil Simms. Hostetler moved to the Raiders, and yet two years later, Simms was, was done. So Simms really never regained his position, which before he got hurt in 1990, was probably one that situated him among the better quarterbacks in the NFL at the time, top five, top ten quarterbacks in the league at, at the time. Wentz, but if, if Phil Simms was never an MVP candidate. Wentz, Wentz finished third, Wentz third in MVP was, voting as a young quarterback. As a 25-year-old quarterback, he yeah. finished third when he had 33 yeah. touchdowns. And, and uh, you know, top draft pick. 11 and went 11 and 2 with the Eagles. Now, last year with Washington, he started seven games. Uh, they went two and five in those games. He threw for 11 touchdowns and nine picks, but did complete 62.3% of his passes. Yeah, he wasn't but very good. Though. Wasn't very good. And, and also, uh, but when you're not, when you're, when you're just hanging on career wise, you have to watch what you're doing a little bit. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, up in vacationing up in Alaska, he killed a black bear. Um, and then posed with the bear carcass. Not a not a great look for a lot of people. And, and the, the, those kind of things, you have to just, you know, if you're going to be the third quarterback, you need to kind of be invisible, okay. right? When Blake Bortles was here, mm-hmm. he was involved in that business where they, uh, they, 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 they broke, broke the, monitor. the monitor. They broke the COVID monitor. Uh, all of them. All of them did. And right. Drew Locke was the starter. But Blake Bortles was Blake Bortles is going to get a chance to play. How dumb do you have to be? Let let the other two guys fool around. Yeah, like that. The guys that right? that weren't the guys that didn't at least have an AFC Championship appearance on their resume. Well, and it wasn't the top five pick. But but I'm saying it, it, that could have been a career saver for yeah. him. I doubt it would have been, but it could have been. But it wouldn't right? have hurt him. It wouldn't have hurt him. Who was the coach of the Saints? The Saints team they played that. Sunday, Broncos, hmm. without, yeah, hmm. Sean think. Payton. Yeah, Sean Payton. The uh, other, maybe two quarterbacks out there that have had the, I, I'm not going to bother with Chase Daniel at the age of 36. No. Uh, that might be intriguing. The uh, uh, quarterback out of Virginia, Bryce Perkins, who was backing up for the Rams, only 26 years old, uh, played a little bit, started a game for them uh, this year. He's without uh, a job, but a guy that's already started a game in the league, <laughs> I think might be when you're looking at say a Gucci sure. or a Garantano for a third round for a third yeah. string quarterback. Right. Mm, okay, uh, the one of course that I that I want to bring up is Teddy Bridgewater, who by mm-hmm. the way is only 30 years old. He'll be 31 when before the season ends. He doesn't have so a gig. he's a little older than Wentz, but he's basically the same age. But he doesn't have a and gig. I I I'm surprised at that, and I I know. You know, he had a shot to play Steady last Teddy. year in Miami right. and didn't play well. Um, although, <laughs> you know, when Tua went out, Tua was playing about as well as anybody. Right. Although and he then he four, started to get concussed. Four touchdowns to four picks for, for Teddy when he played in, in the five games he played. He started no, but, but he did not was, play was, well. He, 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 was, he was much better here. Substantially better than Denver. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Despite the fact it seemed like underwhelming year in Denver, eighteen touchdowns to seven picks, three thousand fifty-two yards. <laughs> well, compare with a sixty-six point nine completion percentage in fourteen right. starts. Compare it to Wilson's year last year. Uh, he's, he'd rather have bad Teddy Bridgewater, uh, most certainly. So possibilities, and of course there are a lot of uh, undrafted quarterbacks. But now all of a sudden, I, I think you look at that position differently. 
The other thing is, though, when you're talking about quarterback, and I understand if you got to the point of using an emergency quarterback, that mastery of the game plan wouldn't be uh, essential. You, you'd no. be handing the ball off, right, and throwing only the most basic stuff, and you did, you know, you'd, you'd have something on your wristband, basically telling you what to do, and you know, you'd you'd get it in your helmet, in your headset, that we're going to call play number, and you just have to recite the play, <laughs> read it off your wristband. Right, yeah. but I mean, that's but I, I'm saying this is a very, very complicated offense that only someone with at least in a football sense of photographic memory like Steve DeBerg could master in a week. I and mean, if you brought Steve DeBerg in here, um, probably not now, but <laughs> during his playing days or even during his coaching days with Reeves and. Atlanta, and you asked him to learn Sean Payton's offense in a week, he could do it. Yeah, Steve's... He could do it. But 60, he's 69, so it's probably not a great uh, time frame, but... Uh, no, 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 I'm not no, I, saying... I, I, I I, I'm saying yeah. somebody, though... It's Friday. Somebody of that kind You're of... Andrew Lux of the world that can pick it in up. In a football uh, sense. Right. Uh, Andrew Luck might be able to, yeah. Uh, although, Obviously didn't I read a story a few months ago that some teams, I guess, had uh, exercised uh, in a degree of tampering that mm-hmm. Jimmy Ursay didn't like. Uh, he complained yes, about correct. it, and ever since, it's been uh, hands-off. Because yeah. I think, at least through indirect channels, there were some contacts. Of course, made. to be fair, Andrew Luck has not given any indication he has interest in coming back. He's seen quite a piece of the No interest. Especially in a long no, uh, he's, interview he's ESPN. No, he's going last, to school uh, at Stanford. Yeah, last uh, December. Great story on it. They went back to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. That, it, but it makes things interesting, I think, when you're looking at that. And, and the idea, now you can change it. And those, I, I, I've gotten this question before. It's a good as an opportunity, I guess, to discuss it as, as any. Um you, you have people, sometimes they look at the, we talk about the game day roster, and, and uh, folks will ask, well, you have a 53-man roster. Why, why, do, why can't you just suit up 53? Well, the reason for that is essentially this. Um, there are guys that are hurt or injured every single week. And if you basically could suit up all 53, you'd have tons of roster shuffling. You're trying to minimize the amount of time people are going to be on IR, things like that. For football, it's complicated. So the reason, at least conceptually, you have a 46-man game day roster is that you're, you can allow guys to take a week or two or whatever to get healthier, or if someone is a little banged up, they can take that game off, and you don't have to make a roster move. That's why they do it. Um, so those who have been wondering, you know, and it's it's a fair question. You're like, you have a 53-man roster. Very fair question, why can't all 53 actually. guys play? Right. But the reason, that's the concept behind it. Because it, that way you're not even to make roster moves and you're not uh, basically incentivized to potentially risk somebody who is injured or banged up and put them on the field because the other guy, the team has 53, so you better have 53. So the, the happy medium that they found is to say 46 of the 53 play seven guys uh, take that week off on the roster. In this case, it'll likely now be six position players that right. are non-quarterback. Right. But that's the reason why... Uh, things work the way they do when you're talking about that that game day roster. Uh, this is your program as well. Ron, I'll remind you, 303-831-1340.
is the number for call or for text, and you can uh, let us know what you think regarding who knows, and because both of these positions for the Broncos, both the the quarterback position and the running back position, find Javante Williams. The Broncos have five running backs, not all of which are healthy. Uh, is there more depth there that is necessary too? That's an interesting part of the equation. Uh, Mike Florio, by the way, of uh, <laughs> Bay Area and NBC Sports Network reports that the Raiders are toying with pulling Josh Jacobs' franchise tag offer so they can get the $10.1 million under the Unbelievable. cap and make him a free agent. You talked about what would it cost Kansas City to go uh-huh. pluck Saquon Barkley? What would it cost him if they let Josh Jacobs go? He catches pretty well, too. Mm-hmm. That would be... Um, NFL rushing champion? That would drop on would the, just probably on have the some interest. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you can imagine that's what they do, too. Oh, my gosh. That's exactly the kind of thing they do. And it's got the kind of thing the Raiders would do. At this point in the season, we need that $10 million back to spend on what? Carson Wentz? <laughs> what are you, you going to spend on it? It's obvious that you're not going to get any of the other guys. You think you're going to let go of Jacobs? And Remember the Ezekiel recent Elliott story Alvin Cook? on ESPN.com about Daniel Snyder and all of the Nonsense that went on behind the scenes. Yes, the, re- the recent okay. story. Yes, the most. The, yeah. Well, most not recent. the most recent. No, it's not the most recent. Oh, okay. It's the one that talked about um, the emails and who leaked. Them. Oh, right, right, right. A couple months ago, with the well, I don't know. It was a couple months ago. It was just I think two or three weeks ago. Hard to split up all the Dan Snyder news all the time. Yeah. But yes, I get what you're. Two or three about. weeks ago, um, Mark Davis is still whining about having had to basically let John Gruden go. That's an interesting, he's got to shut up. An interesting hill to die on, but okay. <laughs> he's got to shut up <laughs> about that. I would go that way. He, but... he, he, no, I'm saying he's got to shut up about that. If, if he doesn't think it's important enough to bring Josh Jacobs back, uh, time has passed for a long-term contract. I, I mean, if, they, if they're really seriously thinking about that, that's Mark Davis's decision, ultimately. Yeah. Um, any hint of sympathy that I might have had for Mark Davis after reading that piece, because I think in some small way he was collateral damage out of all that surrounded Daniel Snyder, which is all garbage and sewage and so on. I would have no sympathy for him even after reading this, that it's being contemplated as a any sympathy to Mark Davis is gone. It went out for me with the bowl cut, but, you know, <laughs> to each their well, own. You but, know what? I actually thought he was a pretty good honor for him. Better than his father was at the I, end. I, that's entirely fair. Until, course- until the whole Gruden thing, and boy, was he whining back then, accusing... Goodell and the NFL of leaking the emails and that story pretty much documented that it was most likely Snyder who actually leaked the emails. Certainly. I think I suspect that's the case. Trying right. to, you know, trying to throw everybody in front of the bus that he possibly could. But uh, instead, uh, he gets a $60 million fine, by the way, which, <laughs> which is, is nothing joke. because he just sold his team for joke. billions in profits. Right. So, right. Uh, yeah. Everybody laughed at us last year when we were talking about Three or four years from now, a franchise up for sale would be worth ten, yeah, billion. Oh yeah, it will. Well, it went it won't from four point six, yep, 
last year to over six this year. Technically, even this year, earlier this year, if you really want to get an actual bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the next one is eight, eight and a half. We're talking two teams In away. two or three We're talking years. two teams away from a $10 million sale. Uh, yeah. $10 million sale. Depending on the team, I suppose. But, yeah, it it will be maybe not the next team sold, but the team after team that after sold that? will sell for $10 billion. I think so, too. I really do. Uh, we'll talk. And you know how much he paid for it? Oh, Snyder? Yeah. I can't recall. $800 million. <laughs> And uh, Pat Bowen and his and siblings, sold by for the way, billion. Bought, the, bought the Broncos for 78 Million. Seventy-eight. Yeah, but that, but yeah. that was fifteen years. Oh, I understand. Snyder, but uh, good, good return on investment, and that's why they sell for whatever the number is because uh, the return on investment is spectacular. The Broncos will have a veterans report to training camp on Tuesday. The first practice at which fans can attend will be on Friday. Uh, things are getting real. Want to know what you think about the Broncos going forward? Three zero three eight three one thirteen forty is the number. We'll take a look a little bit deeper next on Mali Sports. Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar, presented by Burnham Law. Hire the winner at BurnhamLaw.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. We will have an opportunity to talk to Miley Sports' own uh, Eric Goodman here in the morning sports right on this program in just a, a little bit. He is, uh, uh, like uh, many of you, hopefully taking a, a little uh, trip away for the weekend. Uh, so he's going to be uh, on one location. Of, one we'll of the opinions a, I want to get uh, from you give him a call. today mm-hmm. and from Eric, well, we talked to him about 15 minutes. Can the Broncos get the fans fully back on the bandwagon this year without winning 10 or more games? Mm. Without making the playoffs. Is it possible that they could like not only renew the, the enthusiasm, but get people back on the proverbial bandwagon this year without making the playoffs? My Similar question yeah. to fans up in Boulder, although I think they've mm-hmm. already answered that question, that anything north of one win would represent, if they haven't already, a return to bandwagon steps. Yeah, I, mean, the I, I think there's definitely some. Of the University of Colorado, which we'll talk about later yeah, on there's the belief, I think, at Boulder it is a different uh, set of It's different with the Broncos. But different the Broncos, with the Broncos a little bit, but I, I, I am of the opinion that it does not necessarily require Sean Payton's Broncos in 2023 to make the playoffs no. in order to get the fans back on board in the sense that they believe once and for all this team is moving in the right direction and will continue to grow, that this year's improvement will be matched next year by at least as much improvement and quite possibly greater improvement from year one to year two than we see from last year to year one. The To answer your question, yes. I think Broncos fans can be completely on board again. And they don't have to make the playoffs to do it. But in the final two weeks of the season, it needs to still be a mathematical possibility. That's what I think it's going to take. I think it's going to take a return to 
respectable status at least of Russell Wilson, a quarterback. I think that's kind of the acid test. You don't have to make him as good as he was in Seattle, but you can't have him operating for another year as a laughingstock. And that's what he was last year, a laughingstock. He was... He made the Broncos by himself. They they, they had other problems. But I thought certainly more than any other player, not necessarily more than Nathaniel Hackett, but more than any other player, he was a laughingstock. The other guys were just either not very good or they were, in fact, excellent to great players who were outnumbered by a situation that had been toxic for at least six years. That's, I, I think, the, the Russell Wilson but part, Wilson, and that's a big part of the equation. Restoring right. Russell that's Wilson, a big part of the equation. at least to status as an average NFL quarterback, I think goes along I, with yeah. bringing back in. a degree of trust that would put fans back on the bandwagon of course, more due to Sean Payton than either Russell Wilson or George Payton or right. ownership or anything else. And, and I guess I would say, you know, I'd like to see if for the Broncos to be in the mix in the last two weeks, uh, they probably have to finish the season with, uh, even if they don't make it, you know, minimum of, of seven wins. Maybe you come into the last couple of weeks of the season with seven wins and have a chance to get to nine and eight and take a wild card. But I guess they go they go arm in arm because I don't believe the Broncos get there unless Russell Wilson takes a, a right. massive leap back to respectability. But I, but I think that's what it's going to take. I think even if it's probably both, both have to happen because I think if Russell Wilson doesn't look good, but say for some reason, the Broncos get away in a lot of close games and, and stay in the hunt late, but kind of look like a paper tiger doing it. I don't think they get the fans back believing hundred percent. I think it does require them being in the mix in the last couple of weeks and Wilson looking like, okay, last year was a blip. We can bring him he's back get, he's in 2024. Back. Now we'll have a full year with the new coaching staff. Now we're, now we're on to something. We but do think, not have to turn to Jarrett Stidham at any point yeah, this year. It requires both those things to happen. Right. Otherwise, I think the, a lot of doubt will rightly remain in Broncos fans' minds at this point. I think rightly so. Now, at the same time, I... We talk, we'll talk about it with the, with the buffs in a bit, but you have to be able to have reality in your expectations in the middle. That people will look and say, well, the buffs are going to immediately win the Pac-12. That's ridiculous. Now, if, that, if you really, for some reason, are, are going to... It would be much closer last place than glasses, first place yeah, in the If you're going to have those rose-colored glasses on, you're going to be disappointed no matter what you do. They're but, not Utah. But and if they're they not jump USC. from one win to five wins, that's a that's a... Tremendous sure step in the sure right direction, even though the it result doesn't get you into a bowl game. It doesn't even get you, you know close what? to a winning record. But it, five wins without a bowl game and six wins in the weed eater bowl or right. something. Who cares? Yeah. Honestly, I, if, really, if you're really looking at the it's, big it's picture, it's hitting that 500. It, you want to get not. to 500. And I think, well, with the, yeah, I, I know, but five and seven. I think people could live with that the first year, and the odds makers say they won't get near five wins. They won't get near it. At the moment, our our friends at Superbook have it at three and a half on the over-under right now. And uh, And by the way, way, I'd take that over. At uh, BetMGM, three and a half wins, 
on the over plus one forty. Right. Considered more. You bet a hundred. You win a hundred forty. Considered less likely that they'd go over three and a half than under. Right. Under right. is minus one seventy five. That's what they which more means to win a hundred. You have to bet one seventy five. Yeah. Right. That's the so overwhelming to win three. likelihood, according to yeah. those who have set these numbers up, to win that they four. will win That's zero, one, two, or three games. Yeah, they're saying it's, we, we, it's three and a half, but we think it's more likely they'll win three, not four. Uh, I CSU's I one of them. Wrong. Stanford might be a second, and I don't know at Arizona State or even Nebraska might be a third, but after that. Uh, I I have higher hopes. I I think it's a five or six win team, but I understand that if you have 15 stars on your team, but after that, there's a big drop-off, you're going to finish 10th or 11th in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah. That's not enough. It's 15 authentic stars might be enough, but you better have something underneath that and a degree of depth that most observers taking a sober look at the roster don't believe this team has. You you have star power that definitely didn't exist last year, but depth, that takes years to build. What would that number be for you? Our number here is 303-831-1340. That's the call or text line for the Broncos, for the Buffs. What number of wins would make you feel comfortable that the, the team is back in the right direction and you believe in it again? Or do you believe the Broncos have to make the playoffs? The Buffs have to make a bowl. If you believe that's what it takes, uh, then let us know. I am curious about that. I think in the Buffs' case, the, the anticipation was so high and now it's swung completely the other, the other direction, which fortunately I think puts them in a spot where they can have realistic expectations. With the Broncos situation, because it's the NFL, because the turnaround time is faster, because you traded for Russell Wilson, now you got Sean Payton. You have the richest owners in the NFL, despite Josh Harris's purchase. Of yeah, he's the, not as the, rich the, the as commanders. the Commanders. Is your presumption, you're like, forget it. It's the NFL. It's the Denver Broncos. Get back to the playoffs until you do. I don't buy into it. I'm curious to see what you think about it. We'll talk a little bit about what you expect to hear out of Dove Valley compared to that realism for fans. We'll do that with our own Eric Goodman next on Mile High Sports. Play, hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get 